Hey, yo. Episode 72. This is going to be a perfect episode. You know how there's the perfect phone call? The this perfect is the phone perfect call. episode. This I can is, already feel it. This is a reunion or it's a per- sorts. We're getting off to a perfect start. Yep. The we'll boys release episode. the transcript soon. Uh, that's right. It's Corporate Lunch, and uh, Noah, Will, and Sam are here. Block up, block up. Um, always a joy to have Will back in the studio. Rachel is off on assignment doing something crazy you'll one day learn about. Globe trotting. Maybe not. Um, what's up, Will? Just glad Rachel's getting her passport stamped so much <laughs> these days. She's really doing it. Yeah, she's out in the world. Um, human of Earth. Yeah. Not much. I'm just happy to just happy to have the headphones back on. It feels good, right? It feels so good. Just the three of us back, episode 72. It's been a minute since we've had this particular dynamic. Sam, do you want to uh, say something about this dynamic? How it's changed Well, I'm just life? happy to be at the the big kids table now (laughs) i mean if we were really if we really want if we really wanted to take it back i would be sitting we'd take sam's mic and put him back behind the computer that's right sam get i think maybe you should be at the desk for this one i got a lot more work done back then (laughs) (laughs) yeah you were just over there doing emails and uh letting letting will and i crushing cop and content and communications um all right i want to talk about brad pitt Who's who is the fourth presence in the room with us here today? There's nothing better <laughs> to talk about. Just to get straight into it, than Mr. Brad Pitt. Um, will uh, obviously uh, this this Brad Pitt cover has is a project you are deeply involved in, as you are with all of our covers, but especially with with your close personal friend Brad Pitt, <laughs> the homie, friend of the pod. Um, <laughs> do you want to set? I, I just. I really want to talk about the cover image specifically, which hopefully everyone has seen by now. It's a, a close-up portrait of Brad in sunglasses with a towel draped over his head. Yes, indeed. White Moses. In the sunglasses, you see the reflection of a, a swimming pool. Yeah. And and his eye. you can see his eyes. You can spend a lot of time with this photo, as mm-hmm. you can tell I have. Um, has been, he just emerged from the pool, or is he about to dive in? <laughs> you don't know. You can't tell. I mean, there's no water dripping off the goatee, but we have been um, enjoying breaking some of the cardinal rules of magazine cover making this year. Keanu Reeves had none of the holy trinity of magazine cover making, which was uh, color photograph, mm-hmm. eye contact, <laughs> wearing a uh, uh, big fashion credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He was wearing sunglasses in black and white, in a custom Savile Row suit. I remember, I think we talked about that with that cover, did we? But the sunglasses thing is a funny one that I think, like everyone associates sunglasses with being cool and stylish and celebrities with wearing sunglasses. But you'll notice if you pay attention, you don't see it very frequently done on a cover. Right. The the traditional thinking is that, uh, you know, you really, what you're trying to sell with a celebrity magazine cover is engagement and intimacy with a celebrity. Right. And part of the yeah. reason that sunglasses are associated with cool, ice cold, is that, you know, it's, it's your, like, blockers between you and the world. That's right. And so I guess the implication that if, is if a celebrity is wearing sunglasses on the cover of the magazine, you don't really feel like you're going to get up close and personal with yeah. them. Um, but obviously in an era where uh, we do much more than try to, like, engage people at the newsstand, um, that complicates things in a good way that gives us more freedom and then just keanu being like 
the king of cool. I don't need to t- tell Noah Johnson that Keanu <laughs> is cool. It's like maybe, I've been spreading that gospel for years. Yeah, like maybe what you're looking for with Keanu isn't really an intimate cuddle anyway. Yeah. You're like looking to have your brains blown out by the cool factor. That's right. And so that one worked. And then Brad was a similar thing. The 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 truth is, um, uh, you know, I think it's important to maintain some elements of mystery with how a cover shoot came to be. But the truth is that was not shot as a cover. On, so the you know the way we usually do things on set is, we we are working our way through some different pictures that we've talked about creating and the the styling that goes with them, and usually you you try a couple setups as covers, um, and you know more often than not your the cover that we end up running comes out of like what feels like a cover setup. Right. And that's just a rule of thumb. That's not always how it works, but generally Probably speaking. Just in part to ensure that you do get it. Yeah. In other words, like if you don't go in with that sort of plan, you might get a bunch of beautiful like horizontal images that are moody and stylish, but you don't get that crop, the version you need to, you know. Yeah, that is in some ways like the worst nightmare to walk away, have an amazing shoot day and yeah. an incredible shoot and then just be like, oh, we don't have a, <laughs> a dynamic cover because yeah. a magazine cover like has to do some very specific things. And part of what's been fun is we've been throwing out some of the rules, but you still need to like deliver an arresting cover image that can take the logo and can take some text about some other stuff going on in the magazine and the, that is going to like stop people in their tracks and is going to yeah. send a really clear message about what you know the gq of right now is all about and what we think is exciting and cool and stylish and all those things like a cover has to accomplish a lot did you guys did you uh think that the the particular crop of this cover i mean i one of the most striking things is obviously how tight it is it's like life-size brad pitt's head count the goatee hairs (laughs) yeah and you know it's like really just sort of from the chin to his forehead you get a little neck in there but i mean he's he's certainly recognizable with which i i sort of think is what you want what what one wants but um the i think the it's because it's brad pitt yeah you can do this that's right like with you know tom holland is on the cover of gq style you do not nobody you would not recognize tom holland even if he wasn't wearing sunglasses or a towel over his head if you were that close on him right so um between brad pitt's just like you know deep recognizability and fame and our ability to put the words brad pitt in huge letters on the cover i was totally confident that nobody was gonna miss the fact that um we had brad pitt on our cover at the risk of offending many men um like maybe one of the world's only good goatees (laughs) very true (laughs) i would not try this one at home i was thinking about that the other day it totally works on him yeah like you don't even question it but no. it, a goatee is deeply questionable. It's re- I mean, like if a guy walks in the room with a goatee, you're just, like, there's, you're going to be suspicious. There's going to be a lot of concerns. But Brad Pitt, of course, is a guy who, like, I mean, just Google image Brad Pitt. He's had every hairstyle you can imagine, mm-hmm. from just like buzzed all the way down to yeah. like long golden locks. He's yeah. had every beard and facial hair thing you can imagine. I mean, like, but he does the goatee a lot. Yeah, the this goatee is not comes like back. A, yeah, he does the goatee a lot, and it always works. And some essential like pit X factor that only he has just shines through, no matter what is going on with yeah. his grooming and beauty decisions even when he's got like the the high and tight fade which like at this point looks a little corny on like anyone not named brad pitt yeah and looking back at those photos from when he was doing the war movies just yeah so good he can yeah, do it all amazing. he can do it all you can tell he sort of he must enjoy it to some extent too just because of how much different versions of him there have been 
uh, hair wise. Yeah. <laughs> like you can just tell this is, a, I don't know. I feel uh, like some people like even like look at Leo, like Leo hasn't, doesn't have that range hair wise. No. It's been a much no. more limited, yeah. but he like theoretically he could have, he's had like roles that may have called for it. You just get the sense that yeah. Brad like really wants him to lean into the hair aspect <laughs> of the role. Yeah. Um, what, one of the, one of the, things that i experienced when we did the our national park shoot for the cover of gq style a couple of years ago with brad and that um just absolutely happened again on set this time is like you'll be standing on set it'll be between pictures um you know i'm like talking to you know like a production person or a styling assistant and out of the corner of your eye you'll see brad pitt who has been like you know in the last shot he was wearing a sweater and a bucket hat and he's like pulled the sweater over his head but not off his other shoulder and then like kind of put the bucket hat back on and he's like about to go into wardrobe and change again and you just see him out of the corner of your eye and you kind of forget where you are for a second and you're like oh my god that's the coolest motherfucker alive and then you're like yeah of course it is it's like brad pitt with half a sweater and a bucket hat both half on but it just um it is not the camera that brings out the magic. The dude just has some other thing going on. Well, the shoot, I mean, I think that really comes through in this shoot in a way, um, in a huge way, st- styled by George Cortina. Yep, Who GC. we've worked with. He's, he's a, I'd say he's an important person for Corporate Lunch listeners to know. Will, do you want to s- tell us a little bit about who he is? Yeah, George is a, um, you know, a really mega um, experienced fashion stylist uh he shoots women and men mostly men mostly women um and i first worked with him um we did a shoot with dan jackson and george last year Mm -hmm. when i was in the creative director role at gq um with bill skarsgård oh yeah and it was all black and white and it was just i think bill skarsgård is just like incredible looking like really interesting looking has like He's just so handsome, but also just like a little villainous. Yeah. And we did this kind of just like dark, very beautiful shoot. And there was, I think, a lot of magic between me and Dan and George. That yeah. was just really cool. And so when it came time to shoot Keanu Reeves, we called up the the Scars Guard All Stars. Mm-hmm. So that was also Dan Jackson and George Cortina. Right. And then this was um, George again and and the photographer Lachlan Bailey, who uh, I'm a big fan of, Roxanne Bear, our visuals director, uh, really likes Lachlan's work as well. But he'd never shot with us. And so this was the first time. And it's kind of cool. I have to say one thing I love doing is like I can imagine if you're shooting Brad Pitt for the cover of GQ, you would want to – it would be – it could be scary to be working with a photographer you never worked with before. Yeah. And a stylist who, frankly, George and I have gotten along like gangbusters, but um, who I've only worked with a couple times. Right. But for me, it's really fun to just like have confidence and have faith that you're going to get something amazing. And the, the fun and, and the playing into the unknowns of like working with somebody for the first time on what is essentially just like a very big, important shoot, if you decide to take it really seriously that way um is incredibly exciting and i think that probably applies to much more than just photo shoots yeah you mm-hmm. know just that willingness to like lean into the unknown of it all and see what happens and trust yourself like i'm not going to leave that set 
and I know George is this way, and I'm, frankly, I think Brad is this way. Yeah. And I found Lachlan to be very much this way. But we weren't gonna, we were not gonna waste our time. You know, we were gonna leave with something amazing. Yeah. It was there were just more question marks than on a shoot where you've worked with everybody twenty times. Um, Brad was like that on the case. last one too, right? Like he comes ready to make something amazing. He doesn't do a lot of these. He's gonna make it worth everyone's while. Yeah. He might jump headfirst off of a sand dune. He might somersault yeah. down. Yeah, Ryan McGinley might talk him into just like putting himself in grave bodily danger by hurling <laughs> himself off the top of a dune multiple times in White Sands National Park. It could happen. The other really cool thing about Brad is he and I had worked together, but it was Lachlan and George's first time working with Brad. Okay. And um, on set, after we'd be like, okay, yeah, we got the shot, we can move on. And then we'd be like, Brad, do you want to look at the monitor? Yeah. He'd be like, nope. <laughs> so I'm <sick>. good. <laughs> if you say you got it, you got it. And he would go change. Trust. Just like trust and also like kind of doesn't care and just wants to continue to not think about it, I think. Zach Barron's story, I think it's a little bit of that attitude. Yeah. That it's kind of like the place Brad is in in his life maybe that like – he trusts himself. He does the things he wants to do. He's very. He's in like a very introspective moment, but not like a hypercritical or like anxious moment. I hadn't thought about it that way. If he was nervous, he just wouldn't be there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. If it was making him nervous, he just wouldn't do it. So yeah. um, he was kind of on board. And they were like, you know, there was there were two good conversations at the beginning of the day where we kind of like got clear on what we were planning to do, what he was into, a couple of things that he didn't want to do, and that was it. So uh, yeah, I was gonna ask how wh what was his uh, like input with styling and fits. I mean, it's the, there's a few things that are really striking about this shoot. One is Sam pointed this out, but just like the overall palette is really like kind of the memorable. palette really sticks with you. Yeah, there's something like at the mix of the location, the styling, the the quality of the photography and george is so good at taking like these american like archetypes and really pushing them to like a kind of almost weird new place even though he's using yeah. a lot of very classic clothing but, like obviously the 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 pit twist is a big is a big one for me i mean i i agree with that like one thing that i love about what george has been doing with his gq shoot so far is there because he he does like real like mega high fashion shoots yeah for the women's magazines, but this is more like style than yeah. it is fashion. Right. It's just like the, you know, a very specific character in mind for it, Brad. He looks like a version of himself, a guy wearing his own clothes. Yeah. Um, but with a little bit. Yeah. He's uh, not like checking off going on. He's not checking off boxes necessarily to get like the right designers, the right silhouettes. Yeah, like, it's not it like who are the feel, designers right now and what yeah. is the silhouette it's and It's not a high wear. concept yeah. thing. But I think the result, I mean, like the opening photo on, uh, as it appears online, is Brad um, laying back in a lounge chair. It's the opener in the, it's the, opener in the in magazine print too, as well. Yeah. Um, and he's wearing like a, just like a sweater and a button down shirt and sweatpants and bucket hat, sunglasses. Like it's a real kind of laid back like almost what i'd call a bodega fit just like a, week, <laughs> yeah. a weekend neighborhood. elevated bodega fit. yeah but yeah. it's so killer like high level top of the mood board level uh fall <laughs> top of the mood fall board. style inspo i mean the other thing is that lachlan has a very specific palette like there's a real kind of 70s yeah kind of burnt thing going on and then the the palette that george 
went with very much works in tandem with yeah. the palette of yeah. the photographs. What's the what was the location or like was it multiple locations or what's the just a house in L.A. Yeah, and then we yeah then we went to this um, like parking lot of a golf club that had crazy overlooked views. Okay, and that's where we did the like toys, yeah. the motorcycles and the dune buggies. There's awesome video if you haven't seen it of Brad just ripping the parking yeah. lot. You know, Brad's yeah. into motorcycles and stuff, so he. They were the the dune buggy owners was like, "Have you ever driven a dune buggy?" And he was like, "Nope." And, yeah, but the guy <laughs> said like four <laughs> things to him, and then he just like hauled Thanks ass. Man. Yeah. So yeah, it was cool, man. And you know, big thanks to Lachlan and to to George Cortina. Um, just an awesome awesome moment for us. Uh, and then uh, one one thing that one awesome moment in the making of this larger issue. Um, because you guys, if you guys are listening to Corporate Lunch, you got it. You must go cop and print. Yeah, of course. It's important. But there was a really sweet moment that George, I mean, that Sam and Noah were both there for where we were working on the issue and we had um, printouts of all the different stories and we were trying to figure out the pacing of the issue. Yeah. And there was this like really mega aha moment where we put Little Uzi right after Brad Pitt <laughs> and everybody was like, oh shit. Because there was a feeling that like, there's only one magazine where you're going to get this Brad Pitt shoot followed by a little Uzi just getting fits off. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And just like to go back to the idea of making sure that you own this in print. I mean, that's like a whole real life experience you can have and enjoy for yourself. Yeah. Like, just th- we had that between... uh, moment, but you know, in the digital world, it can, it can, that kind of like connection can get a little lost. That's right. Yeah. The way that the different stories in a magazine, like talk to each other and recontextualize and all that and i just think photography online is cool it's like backlit and glowing and that's nice but um or on your phone but damn man there's still nothing like these pictures uh printed out taking that palette we still print them for a reason y'all i put these i ripped these out and put them in my locker you did (laughs) too close to to (laughs) real it wasn't too long ago when you had a locker um, October 2019 GQ was uh was go Cortina cop. It's out for a couple more weeks. Seriously, cop. Was Cortina wearing his um crocodile Gucci loafers on set? Of course, such a G. Yeah, so sad. Yeah, George has like um either vintage cargo pants or RTH vintage cargo pants, like leather um deal sleds that are like probably from the 70s. Yeah, um, a GMT that he wears upside down on his wrist that is also probably from the 70s um a really sick bag you know george has amazing stuff he's george, got it dialed if you if you don't know about george cortina google him all right so that's the most serious transition of all time well i'm okay. about i'm about to mention something serious that's how you know i'm getting ready to talk about clothes <laughs> gotcha so this shoot has some of the best sweaters just going right now. Pit? Pit. BP? That's what I'm, I'm still yeah. on pit, but we're going to start sweaters talking about- Sweaters and sweatshirts. Mm-hmm. And also, um, remember to put some oil on your arms. That, that's the <laughs> that takeaway. That's the takeaway? That's the takeaway for me. Damn. Oil oil up those arms. That's a good tip. What kind of oil? Like a, uh, like a tanning oil? What do they call I would it? Do, uh, not a tanning oil. I would do like a jojoba. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what was- what specific uh I, baby oil maybe i don't I know what tree of. or nut uh the the oil on brad pitt's arms is we didn't credit that in the magazine but i would go with jojoba get some get you some tree or we nut gotta drop oil. the keys next time 
It's important. Tree or nut oil is crucial. But um, Will, we got to get down to brass tacks because it's been a minute since we've really, since the three of us have really sat down and started breaking down some fits. Let's do it. And um, we're just in that moment. The temperature just dropped. Air quality's feeling a little different. I have an urgent storage unit summer to fall changeover to make. It hasn't yeah. happened yet, and it's getting urgent. That's what we were wondering about. Like, what's the what's the approach? What are the first steps here? Like, is it about is it about unpacking from last season and, and assessing? Well, I've been looking at what is in the because we are, we're in these like transitional weeks, and I've been like, how quickly do I need to get to the storage unit, and then what do I have here that is like fall enough you gotta run it was 90 yesterday it's 50 today is it 50 out there today it was this morning wow so yeah that needs to happen stat but in the meantime i've just been looking at like what suits didn't go into storage because they were transi- transitioning me into spring yeah that can also get me into fall while i try to get over for the for the big switch out and what there's what? a brown suit i have from arrow 55 oh yeah uh, in that's a good one. In Milan. Milan sort of vintage shop slash tailor, basically. Yeah. And so they have a lot of dead stock vintage fabrics yeah. that they will make you a, a tailored suit out of. And I have one that's in like this very heavy weight. Um, I don't even know what it is. Is it like, I don't know if it's wool or cotton, but it's heavy. Yeah. It's like curtain fabric heavy. Yeah. So that'll help. And then. Um, I don't know about you guys, but after like years of I'm I'm like back in all black today. Yeah, you are big time. After years of um, a couple of years like not really dressing in all black and mm-hmm. looking all rock and roll all the mm-hmm. time, I've kind of been like getting back to that. Mm-hmm. Maybe because it feels deeply out of style, but I don't know. It's kind of it's definitely related to the Celine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, heady thing. Yeah, and Saint Laurent still does it. We can all relate all the way. There's also something to be said for like like fashion works in cycles both like sort of industry like in a big picture macro way but also in like a personal way. Yeah, you definitely. Know, like I definitely will come back to things that I was really into a few years ago and had just like totally gone cold on. But then, of course, for one, it's just it's immediately going to be comfortable because you've been there before. Yeah. And then it'll just if you thought it was cool once, you'll probably think it was cool again. And it's like it, that works. It's a good. Uh, kind of happens naturally but also a good thing to like think about if you're stuck the thing that i think i've been oscillating on is this like you know we've been in a like baggy clothes era yeah Mm -hmm. and and for the last couple years if i put on anything that felt like remotely tight anywhere yeah i was like get this off my body (laughs) right now yeah and then yesterday morning and this morning i was just like i want to wear some like skinny black clothes yeah and I'm having I, I don't really know what to make of it right really yeah oh Which, it doesn't shit. look like it because i'm wearing like a way oversized our legacy sweater and baggy jeans medium today, oversized medium oversized but you know what i'm talking about there's something totally, in the air totally yeah i tried on a celine um leather jacket that was in the closet the other day oh man i will like literally die if i don't get it i mean it was perfect <laughs> right, wait a tight. minute hold on back up um, dm sam hine words of positive encouragement please and and um you know, gift cards. I was going to say, and Venmo him too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll get a little, but it's funny. Like, like, what is that jacket? Like six racks or something? Four and a half. I think Woo. five. Woo. Yeah. Eddie's not fucking around. It's extremely but it was, good. We were not is, scared of a price the, point. The thing is like, I don't, maybe it's just me, but I feel like 
uh, you know, the prices are steep. Celine, but like Celine is very much doing the thing I think we hoped it would do. It's like, I, to me, it's just like the coolest thing on the planet. I want all changing of your eye, and, but also kind of like creating. Like it feels like a uh, yeah, changing your eye. That's an important thing to note. But it feels like a like a moment. Like there's. A, in my head, I'm like, if I, I should get these loafers now because they're going to be historically significant. Mm. <laughs> Is this what it felt like when? That's what he wants you to think. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He's like, no, he like creates it, like it becomes it, like a bigger event than just like a new design, a new collection, and it's cool. Like it, it just yeah. it feels like a thing that if you buy into, you are, you know. It, it, it'll it'll matter somehow. It is like fashion is pivoting around the fulcrum of these yeah. loafers, <laughs> dude. And it is going to be important Seriously. that I it's, have them. It's bad. Is I this it bad. is this what it felt like co-sign. when Eddie took over Saint Laurent? Was yeah. it like was it like I the same so. sort of like I yes. think full so. on moment? Yeah. Yes, maybe bigger. I this is what he does. It, this it was like this at Dior too. I mean, it was mm-hmm. before Instagram, but I think in a very real way, he he changed everything at Dior. I think it's what he does. I yeah. I would really. You know, Noah, it's not up to me to spend your money, but I would <laughs> definitely endorse you splurging on some Celine loafers. I needed to hear that. All right. I'm going directly to uh, the Celine store after we wrap this. Um, Sam, what else? Sam is increasingly becoming like my – I feel like for the first couple years working together, it was like Sam looked to me a little bit to like just like catch a vibe of what's happening and yeah. now now I'm very presumptuous definitely you. looking to say well that's <laughs> just true. how it felt it I'm not true. saying it was right I'm just saying that's that I had that sort of uh Noah Sam Noah's saying that you, like you, my, you used to like worship him yeah. yeah you used to worship him and now he worships you that's right that's what he was saying so yeah, I, I, like I need that. I want to hear yeah what, what what's going on so you've been so I'm experimenting you're not you're not wearing it today but you've been experimenting with some slimmer clothes again yeah what else I'm looking for like you know, we've talked about the statement sweater thing. Yeah. I'm looking for like a little bit of statement everything. <laughs> All statement everything? <laughs> I'm kind everything? of tired of, not like, you know, not to like a, a sort of obnoxious degree, but. Um, You're tired of fucking around. I'm tired of fucking around. I'm really into just supporting designers that I fuck with. Like I'm looking at fashion all day. I'm thinking about it. I'm writing about it. You might as well be and wearing I it. I might as well be buying it and wearing it. So I'm getting into, I'm, you know, dipping my toe into stuff like Marnie and. Um, Those Marnie sweat, are they mohair? The mohair sweaters. Did you see that giant Marnie yeah. mohair hanging around? Tried one on. Damn. Marnie Not for me. Better. Not for me. No. Which is always a bit of a relief. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> thank God I don't have to do that. I don't have yeah. to figure out how to scratch together the that dough for this point. sweater. Yeah. It's not for me. I can appreciate it on Sam Hine. Crucial mm. fall style transition tip. Figure out what's not for you. Yeah. And just like take it off the list. Give yeah. it a hug. Yep. And send it away. <laughs> thank it. Yeah. Thank, thank it for its contributions for to the culture. Yeah. And I think if you you know, if you fuck with something like conceptually and you're like, Wow, I really like appreciate that vision. I really like that, like, you know, you should give it a try. But you but, can also fuck with it conceptually and then say and then it's not for borrow me. Borrow something. That's more yeah, of right. like that's like from the editor playbook, you yeah. know? Yeah. You're yeah. like, I'm really into this. This is important. We're gonna be doing something on this, but I can't wear it. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I basically can know without having to go ask. I can't wear Celine. It's yeah. just not gonna happen. <laughs> just too big of a human. <laughs> one time I one time I went in the Celine store. I don't know if it was like they maybe didn't have the right size, but I tried on a a jacket, a blazer. Mm-hmm. And you could see my belt <laughs> under yeah, the yeah. full yeah. belt exposure. Yeah. yeah, and it was a blazer, not yeah, like a, yeah. not Amazing. a bomber or something, no, or not a sweater or a bomber. Yeah. It's a blazer. Yeah, um, it's like Tom so Brown I'm, short. I get to you know we have been uh, very clear about our feelings on the Celine collection this season. Rami Malek is wearing the double-breasted suit. Yeah, 
the double-breasted uh there's also a celine suit in the the dan jackson george cortina mm-hmm. actually portfolio yeah. in the september issue tom, tom holland Hiddles- tom holland not hiddleston not hiddleston tom holland is I was just thinking about the coat. Head to toe, Celine on the cover of GQ Style right now. The coat that changed everything. But I don't have any Celine, and that's okay. Not, not yet. Not yet. I mean, who know, you know, something could something could change your mind. Maybe they'll do a big and tall store. That's right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Some, something could change your mind. It'll There's be Celine, in Brooklyn. Big and tall. Uh, Noah, Noah wore what? a pair of um, corduroys today that I've been thinking about. Oh, I mean, ever since I'm I in all, all gauzy wool. We were talking about. I talk about Evan Canori in every single episode, so it needs we need to give Shout him a, out to we Evan. need to give him a break. But I, my my uh, what we call personal order just came through, and uh, he he did wool corduroy, which is really crazy. And I had weird. no idea. You could I don't do that. think I didn't know it was even possible. But of course, the Japanese uh, figured uh, it all textile out. makers figured it out. But wool cords that feel crazy, and uh, like a really gauzy wool plaid shirt. So I don't know. I think like gauzy wool stuff. Is a zone I'd like to be in for fall. A drier Just hand. Just as a, a really dry, and not like thick and chunky, but like, you know, dry, drapey, crunchy wool. That's a crazy description for clothes. But that sounds pretty that's good. Where I'm I know at. exactly <laughs> what you're talking about, and this is, you know, this is a audio format. So I you find gotta that, describe some stuff. I find that like I'll come up with that kind of like weird poetry in my mind, and then I can just kind of shop around and find things that fit into it. That's cool. Just find is things that, w- that land there. So what else have you been? I don't want just because you're kind of like de facto hosting this episode to get to <laughs> you for be for you to be able to get away with not telling us what else is going on with your fall fits because we know you've been thinking about it. Um, all right. So one thing that I'm like obsessed with is um, I've asymmetric sweaters. Yep. Which is like kind of in the statement novelty sweater zone, but not necessarily. I picked up one from Comme des Garçons, actually, which is, it's just like a black crew neck, but the side seams totally twist. Cool. So that it forms these, like, so that the bottom hem becomes a, uh, like, a swoops down to a point. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and does that mean it, like, twists and creases around your body? It doesn't. It it falls, like, flat around the torso, but it means, like, one side is much longer, oh, is long, longer than the other. Cool. And then I, another one I got from has this has this gotten any rhythm in the office? No, yet? it's really warm. It's wool. Okay, it's coming. Still it's coming. coming. Sam, let's hold our breath. Oh my god! It's a pretty. It's <laughs> not as wait. crazy. Oh my god! It's not as crazy as it sounds. And, but and then I got a sweater from Kiko um, that's also uh, sort of asymmetric. It, the hem kind of like swoops up and then down. It's like an experimental, like mock neck, yeah, color block, mohair and wool. It's a crazy piece. Think how different life would be if you went through it being named Kiko. Yeah. It's kind of uh, cool. Mari said yesterday, someone we work with said her grandmother's name is Kiko. Dope. So those are the only two really good asymmetric sweaters I found so far, and I just bought both of them just so I could handle, just so I could really corner the asymmetric sweater market. Um, I'd love to hear about others. You want to claim it before, you want to claim it before anybody else does. Yeah. I've been thinking about the, uh, I wrote about this in my September editor's letter, which I know you all read word for word, hung on every word of it. But um, I had a little bit of a breakthrough at Sid Mashburn in Atlanta because I discovered the fit of his Virgil number three suit, which is like his take on a sack suit. Mm -hmm. Now, Sid Mashburn, we know, is not going to do like too traditional of a sack suit that doesn't have any shape to it. Mm -hmm. But this is a suit that has... No ticket pockets, uh, 
center vent, no darts on the front. Mm-hmm. So it's not really hugging. It's not really like pulled in or hugging at yeah. any place. Yeah. And so I was I was in Atlanta going to my high school reunion, and I went with me and a couple of homies went to Sid's, and I pulled down this suit. And you know, usually because of the length of my length of my arms and stuff like that, I can't really wear suits off the rack. Right. But I put this thing on, and it fit. It was a long. Yeah. Which God bless Sid Mashburn, he makes long suits. You know, regular and long. Um, I put this thing on and it was just like ready to go right off the rack because of the way it just hangs huh. mm-hmm. and the way that the way that he like kind of sculpted the jacket. It yeah. just sort of like loosely follows your body. Yeah. Yeah. But for this era where, as I referenced earlier, it's just like feels off to be putting something on that just is like hugging you yeah. any, anywhere. This is a suit with like no de- details at all Yeah, that you put on and it just kind of hangs there. And it feels like super loose, super comfortable, super cool, but it still has enough shape to you to be flattering. It to it like to be flattering for I you. Want. Yeah. It's it definitely Wait, has you've your, been wearing your it already? chill and easy vibe. Yeah, I've been going hard in the paint. Any suit that gently caresses your body is yeah. a pretty good. No one. hugging. Don't hug me, mm-hmm. caress me. What a genius that he was able to to cut a suit that functions that way, that, right? I mean like it doesn't that doesn't necessarily want to be more fitted. Yeah. Than, or that isn't just kind of like sloppy. Yeah. Um, so for me, the Sid Mashburn Vir- Virgil number three is the suit for right now. Like a thousand, and I don't just mean for me. I would recommend it to anyone because if you just don't want like ticket pockets and you're not going to put in a pocket square, yeah, and tie and have side vents and all this whiz bang. What fabric did you get? Uh, it's wool. It may be some kind of blend, but it's. Black. No, it's dark oh. navy because I bought it off the rack, so it wasn't mm-hmm. like yeah. it. Uh, it's dark, dark navy, and it has like a brown, an almost mustardy brown stripe to it. Oh yeah, I know this suit. Yeah, I'm gonna get the same suit. I think you should. Fabric. Let's go. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not worried. That about sounds it. like exactly what I want. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I think you'd be into it. It's like very chill. I'm trying to work up the courage to wear my Tom Brown skirt suit to work. Yeah, Sam got a skirt. To the I've saw him in it, but yeah. to the office. Yeah, that would I've be got major. it. Why not? Why not wear it? I I endorse this Sam Hyman. Yeah, we talk course. all the time. We we're like, how come be... no one's worn? How come we haven't had more uh, skirt moments in the office? We talk about that all the time. Not all the time, but it's come it's up. come up. It's like who's gonna be the first male identifying? GQ I haven't employee seen a skirt that I'm skirt. dying to wear yet, but I I definitely I I mean I'll take your lead if you. I'm first. just worried that Chris when Black that, like, his. in two weeks you're going to show up in like some comb, like asymmetrical skirt. Was, I, like, we God. should know that Noah was like, yeah, no, I just picked up a sweater. Comb de <laughs> Casual CDG pickup. I mean, yeah. It's Talk all... about a suit that caresses your body. The skirt. Also, yeah, the skirt. Makes I you feel really free. Doesn't hug anything. I, I did my shopping at the Comme des Garçons store in Chelsea on 22nd Street. That store is sick. Which is Incredible! I hadn't been there in a while. I think that's why I bought the sweater. I, I haven't been there in a so minute. You were so in awe that you just had to give them some money. It's an amazing little store. It's not big, but it has the greatest. I, I won't uh, describe it, but it has the greatest entrance entryway of any store maybe on the planet. Um, so I, I, yeah, I couldn't leave. Get involved. Handed. Yeah. Uh, I have been. I was actually going to talk to both of you, so we might as well just do it here on the air. Okay. I need a pair of boots that are not as 
sharp as Chelsea boots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a couple red pairs of Chelsea boots. I'm good there. I need some like everyday shit kickers yeah. that have a comfort level, probably even a, a rubber sole. Just a like real daily comfort level. I'm just not like in a place to deal with. If I'm going to wear my Chelsea boots, I'll wear my Chelsea boots, but I'm not in a place to deal, deal with any kind of like foot pain. Yeah. Drees has I'm a not, really nice pair. I'm not trying to earn it. But what about RM Williams? Oh, I love RM Sam Williams. Likes those. Yeah, I swear I've, by them. I've never. Do you wear the leather, the leather sole or the rubber sole? I have one of each, but rubber is the one. But don't Super you? Comfy. So comfortable. All I right, can walk. You can walk that. miles and miles and miles in those. And I'm they have a it. like a more square toe, right? They have a chiseled toe. They have a the chiseled toe. Is a more sick. a rounder toe. Oh, you can I pick. Have, yeah. I have chiseled. It's options. Because there's definitely mm-hmm. one of that is, there's one that's going to feel, I think, more, too much like the Chelsea boot you've already got yeah. working, yeah. I think. It is, I mean, it's like a, it really is a Chelsea boot. It. I, they, I felt they're, like they were too, similar, too but, pointy. But I just feel like if I can get a rubber sole going mm-hmm. and just like, yeah, I don't know. There's something about the profile of them that just doesn't look as like you know okay i'm gonna commit to like getting through this whole day in new york city yeah. where you're walking everywhere and like all that in a pair of chelsea boots are you interested in lace-up boots like a combat boot i'm not no yeah i have a pair of docks mm-hmm. they're so heavy i don't mm-hmm. it doesn't yeah. happen very often yeah they're, they're, and especially in a size 14 yeah they're it's like a lot of boots 10 pounds each drees does have a pair of um you know, like non Chelsea boot, uh, zip up boots, like side zips. Yeah. Um, and like a really sort of proper shiny leather, um, with a fat rubber sole. They look like they might be heavy, but Drees might not even make my size. Yeah, that's true. Although in this era of, of fashion brands catering to people of all sizes, especially NBA players, maybe they do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And Drees is like widely sold and distributed mm-hmm. in the U.S. Like I yeah. feel like the, he hits like every market in the U.S. pretty. The good. days of people not making sizes and footwear was like, I mean, they, I think the NBA alone, yeah, yeah. <laughs> has sponsored that. And I would. And I'm shout out to P.J. Tucker, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, LeBron James, Kyrie. They've really done good work for you specifically in terms no, of your ability to shop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Believe it. I mean, it's cost me a little money, but I can actually find some fashions yeah. now. It's a nice cyclical because thing because you you've helped those guys a little bit, and now they're helping you. Yeah, by juicing dude, the market. Man, we've all been. Uh, finding our welcome to fashion at its own at its own pace it's not always easy to melt the uh you know the icy fashion folks but we've all done it one other shoe thing to look at this is going to sound fancy again but prada prada has a really good range of do i look classic <laughs> do i look like the kind of motherfucker you got to apologize to me before you I recommend felt like some I, caught some, I caught some heat for mentioning comb and now I, I was supposed to i was gonna say docs but you already we covered that one, but Prada has like a really solid range of like classic footwear, including boots that are extremely well made and comfortable and not outrageous. I asked price. a yes or no question. Do I look <laughs> oh, yeah. like the kind of motherfucker who you need to apologize to before recommending some Prada? No. Thank you. Of course not. That means a lot to me. Let's oh, do some vibes. Not. Yeah, we got to do some vibes. 13. Um, you want me to go first? Yes, please. I'm I need- clearly ready to go first. I was in Montreal this weekend for the an event called Dime Live at the Olympic Stadium. Yes. Which we covered for GQ. There's a yes. story up live now. It was really sick. Dime is a Montreal uh, skate brand with just like an incredibly cool and fun attitude. Um, they're really, really fucking good skaters. I think because Canada is so cold and icy that these like when the sun comes out, these guys just go hard and they have fun and. 
so they do this event they do an event every year and um this time around was a blast it was at this olympic this it's the old expos ball field before that it was the 1976 summer game stadium it's sort of like this decrepit brutalist like campus and um i don't know a lot of people skated good and it was a lot of fun we took some photos montreal is a great town it's a real eating and drinking town and skateboarding. I haven't been to Montreal yet, but I'm just so far, I want the record to show I'm just into Canada. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm I'm basically been to Toronto four times, five times, but that's it. Yeah. No Montreal, no Vancouver, not not into the like wildy icy wilding icy tundras. Yeah. Which I hope to one day explore. I think you definitely we had some beautiful we had a beautiful day in Montreal this past weekend and I think that's what you want. It's a really I was super into it. Um that's what I have to say about that. Shout out Isaac LaRose for um, taking me around, finding some spots with me. All right. My vibe is an Instagram follow, denim.archives. Wow. Is that, a, that already what, sounds awesome. <laughs> is that an archive of denim? It is. It is what it sounds like. Um, <laughs> but really not just denim. That, that just declare themselves. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's just Say what you are. If you pull up the account, it is just a wall of pants. From it's a really nice oh looking shit, that years is awesome. and years and years back in fashion. It's a great looking scroll. I cannot fast uh, follow fast enough. Great vibe, Sam. Thank you. Yeah, just check it out. Is it, is it ever say. upsetting to see something that you know you just can't? Look get. at these capital jeans. I mean, it's yeah, there's a lot crazy. of good capital. On Ca- there. Shout out to Noah Johnson for his capital with a K profile. Oh, I've been wearing a, quite a bit of capital recently. Uh, Mark Anthony Green just got back from Japan. And has been dipped in the capital K. <laughs> he sounds dipped. like he had like a real spiritual experience. experience. Yeah, yeah. I so, thought I was out, and no one and Mag just sucked me back in. I'm not gonna, um, I'm not gonna make it my vibe, but capital with a K, and Noah's piece on it, which right. is, it's always been a mysterious brand to me, but now I know. Yeah. Um, my first vibe is expeditiously. <laughs> expeditiously is. T.I.'s podcast, which if you know anything about like T.I. getting memed up for loving to use $12 words when when a penny word would do, (laughs) you would appreciate that the fact that he calls his podcast expeditiously and (laughs) not only did he call it expeditiously, but the T and the I and T.I.U.S.L.Y. is big. Of course. Good good branding. But the T.I. podcast expeditiously has... uh, there's an episode, there's two episodes that just went up, which is two parts with Killer Mike, a.k.a. Michael Rinder, yeah. a.k.a., you know, one half of Run the Jewels, extended Dungeon Family member, Atlanta rapper extraordinaire. Friend of the pod. Great friend of the pod, but also one of the fiercest, sharpest, most well-honed intellects I have ever encountered. He is an incredibly just viciously smart dude with very counterintuitive takes on politics and social issues now when i say they're counterintuitive they're only counterintuitive if you like me are used to most people towing some sort of line by which i mean if you are mostly a progressive thinker at some point most of us get lazy and we just buy into the progressive idea across the issues killer mike turns his keeps his michael rinder keeps his brain turned on for every issue and you never know what side he's going to take but once he does take it he can vigorously 
defend himself. And it is fucking impressive. If I can one day be as sharp, sharp of a sword, it's very aspirational to me. Like if I can ever one day have the patience and the intelligence and the research and all these things to really take like everything that is a issue and, and like going on in our world right now, politically and socially, and have just my own thought on it, very complete, well-researched thought on it for each thing, not worrying about like whether or not that lines up with a progressive or, or, or liberal or Republican or conservative agenda. Like that to me is aspiration. Well, what you said there's a, sorry, but the pot TI's podcast has a two part. Yeah. So it's, it's like two and a half or three hours. Is this new of, or this is very this new is in the archive. Okay. They, I guess, I guess Diddy hosted a revolt summit in Atlanta mm-hmm. and there was a panel that had, um, um, who's the very controversial, black republican thinker candace owens candace owens, candace owens yeah. was on it ti was on it killer mike was on it and a lot of the a lot of the exchanges there were some contentious exchanges and a lot of them were pretty viral mm-hmm. on twitter um and so they're sort of unpacking that but killer mike and ti are really old friends um southwest atlanta all that stuff so it's fascinating because they're talking about old atlanta hip-hop shit they're also talking about very current um, like I said, political and social issues, but it's really for me a chance to listen to T.I. T. who is, you know, if you're from Atlanta, that's the king of the South. You got to respect T.I., but really to hear Killer Mike do his thing. Damn, tough vibe to follow. That was beautiful. The only way to follow that vibe is um, with something that, you know, everyone um, knows I love, and it's happening right now. It's apple season, baby. And I think I've probably done this vibe before, and I don't give a fuck because apple season is one of the most important things that happens in one's life. It comes every year around this time, and if you live in New York, especially any part of New York, actually, I think, including Long Island, they have some good orchards out there, but especially upstate New York, the apples are killer right now. And frankly, I don't really want to eat apples from anywhere else, any other part or time of the year you also it's just not worth it if you don't if you can't get together just like a really prime apple picking leaf peeping fit you're just not ready for fall (laughs) that's right just not like you are hands down not ready for fall that's a huge part of it you know what i'm doing tomorrow are you going apple picking getting in a car with some homies driving down the north fork of long island we're gonna stop and pick some apples I, b- I bet Sam. I'm there not worried. Go. Sam Hines is going to be fit. You know, I guarantee you, know. Hines is going to be, be fit tomorrow. <laughs> There's definitely going to be some wax canvas. Yep. Get some donuts. Um, Sam, what's your vibe, bro? My vibe is, I think actually, I think Noah's done this vibe before. So this is sort of like a thank you for your vibe, Noah. Okay. Now this is my vibe. All right. I, I guess Jeez. we could. The novel. <laughs> That's. I not, need to hear this, but this. Uh, I don't yeah. know about this. The novel's pattern recognition. Oh yeah! Did I do that as a vibe? I've brought it up. You've brought it up. If it's a William Gibson novel, we can all vibe it until the cows come home. We can come back. Reading a novel by like a real fashion head is just so fun. (laughs) (laughs) So if you haven't read it, it's you know it's it's a novel that's nominally about something else, but it's really about clothes. Yeah, that's right. What's the title? I already forgot. Pattern recognition. Pattern recognition. Is that even like a fashion play there, or is that more about Mm. like tech? Is that more like about algorithms? It it is about coding. It's about a lot of things. It's multi. Yeah. It's it's multi. The main character of the book is is. Uh, She's allergic to brands. Yeah, 
That's right. That's branding amazing. and marketing. It's amazing. Yeah. Which makes her that, a marketing. That must be expert. that must be tough in 2019, <laughs> mm-hmm. where we're all a brand. I, no, I think actually it's come to be realized that we all have like brand allergies. I think it's like it's the opposite. It's incredibly accurate, and like you know, allergy doesn't mean that it makes you like violently ill. But I think we all have like mm-hmm. a, height, a, a sensitivity to brands that that is unprecedented, and that Gibson totally anticipated. And that book has real. Um, is is really influential uh, fashion wise in a lot of ways. I mean, there was like William Gibson, like pattern mm-hmm. recognition branded clothing and stuff. Yeah, in Buzz, J- Buzz Rickson's yeah. makes the um, the MA one uh, yeah. bomber jacket that the main character wears. Military they invented it for. Yeah, Gibson anyway. is a G, huge G. Will you want to? Do, do you guys mind what? if I bring this home? Yeah, I was just gonna. Please. I was gonna suggest it. Uh, Ken Burns country music. Oh, nice. So this is one of, you know, when Ken Burns does a mega doc, yeah. uh, they are often 16 hours in runtime <laughs> and 10 years in the making. Yeah. So Ken Burns, out right now, I bought it on Amazon last night, best forty nine ninety nine I've ever spent so that I can stream my to my heart's delight the, the new country music doc. 16 hours, I mean, I usually fall asleep about 12 minutes into my evening TV yeah. programming. <laughs> so this could take me until next year to finish. If if you do twelve minutes and then you know the next day you got to like figure out where you fell asleep and rewind, yeah. which takes like we I do think, a couple minutes. Yeah, this could be this could just handle my streaming content until um, October of twenty twenty. Off to a good start though. Um, man, banging. Yeah, I like. I know that. Yeah, I just have deep reverence for Ken Burns. You yeah. know what else I learned recently? You know who else has deep reverence for Ken Burns? Who? Ken Burns. <laughs> Ken Bur- I listened to the Ken Burns long form podcast long form podcast which I would highly <laughs> recommend. Um my takeaways He's were that feeling himself? Ken Burns is like one of the- is a great American on par with like some of the great Americans that he covers in his documentaries, but I'm also just the Ken Burns is really into Ken Burns. <laughs> Love you mean it. See you next time. It's been a pleasure guys. 